Glory to God. Glory to God. I, I've been teaching teenagers all summer, and uh, I, I just want to say to you, they're not in here right now. They went to a rally, and so you're going to have to get undignified and, and talk back to me and, and uh, participate, or I'm just going to get somebody else to teach the adults, and I'll teach the teenagers every week. And so we need to move into the glory of the presence of God and understand what we have as a church. So would you just give him a little bit of uncommon praise in this place and thank him for what he's doing in our midst. And I just want to say to you, to those of you who've been praying, those of you who wore a nasty, sweaty bracelet all week praying for a kid, those of you who gave scholarship money for kids to go to camp, uh, listen, in heaven, there are going to be kids come thank you and say, hey, thanks for praying for me all week. I gave my life to Christ. Thanks for sacrificing and giving some money so that I could go to a place where, where I could meet Jesus. And, and, and it's coming. I just want you to know that's coming for you in eternity when you participate in the kingdom and you participate in what God is doing. I, I, about six weeks ago, I, I uh, started thinking of this phrase, common and uncommon. And when we say common sense, right, it means it should be prevalent among everybody, but it's not always prevalent uh, among everybody. That's the reason uh, it, it appears to be uncommon, though it should be common. And I, I've seen a few uh, images lately that I just want to show you some of them. Uh, I don't think I need to comment on that one. There are some people that are so earthly smart, right, that, that they're of no use to the rest of us who are a little below that. Uh, th this one, look at this. That one should have the caption, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Common sense. L look at this one. I saw that in a bathroom traveling internationally uh, a, a few months ago, and I thought, Really? Hey, I'm not sure I'm flexible enough to do that one on the bottom, but it would never dawn on me to go there, right? I, it just would never dawn on me. There have been a few times that I have, like, not wanted to touch it, you know, and so I'm squatting and getting a, you know, a quad workout for a long time, and, and I don't have the muscles to do that. But that one, it just never even dawned on me to try that one. Uh, look, look, That's junior high boys at, at uh, camp. I want you to go in your Bible to Acts chapter 10, and we're going to look at a passage. This is not an uncommon passage. I've preached this passage many, many times in, in many different angles and many different lights, but about six weeks ago, I heard it preached from an angle altogether different than I've ever heard it, and I pretty much want to bring it to you almost word from word the way that I heard it preached, and, and God used it to challenge my heart. And, and in Acts chapter 10 and verse 13, I want us to look at this uh, text together, and it says, and a voice came to him and said, arise, people. Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. And a voice spoke to him again the second time, and it said, what God has cleansed, you must not call common. That phrase you ought to underline in your Bible, what God has cleansed, you must not call common. This is an amazing story 
of Simon Peter, and he got this vision. He was in a place called Joppa at a man named Simon, the tanner's house, and God sat down in a vision on him, and you remember this freaky vision that this sheet was lowered out of heaven, and all four corners came down, and in the middle of it was a table, and on the table were all these creepy crawly animals that were the unclean animals. And what God said to Peter in that vision is, rise, kill, and eat. Go get it. And just for the cultural standpoint, for you to understand the context, the dietary laws for the Jews in that day, in fact, still in this day, say that you can't eat certain foods. That you can't, and you know what they are, right? You can't eat shrimp, and you can't eat lobster, and you can't eat pork, all the, the good things that this world has to offer, right? And every time I eat shrimp, I just thank God I'm not under the law, right? That I'm, I'm under love and under a new covenant. And, and all of those things are on the table. And God says in the vision, eat. To which Peter says, Lord, I cannot eat something common. And the voice said, what God has cleansed, don't you call it common. And that phrase, don't call it common, when God has done something, I just feel like he wants us to make a big deal about it, right? When God is showing off and does things that only God can do, I just feel like he's saying, hey, did you see that? Would you just celebrate that with me for a moment? When Catherine was a little girl, about two years old, two and a half years old, she would spin around in her skirt, you know, on the coffee table or whatever and say, daddy, did you see that? And then she would look at me and she would crawl up in my lap and she would say, Daddy, listen to me. Listen to me. And I would say, Honey, I am listening to you. She would grab both ears with her hands and turn my face like this in her face and she would say, Daddy, listen to me with your eyes. And I feel like the Holy Spirit is saying to us, his children in this church, hey, would you listen to me with your eyes? I am saying something. I am doing something. I promised thousands of years ago to do something that even if you saw it, you wouldn't believe it. And I am doing it. And would you watch? And would you pay attention? And would you praise me for it? And would you make a big deal about it? Don't act like it's something common when I do something uncommon. And when God cleanses, and when God pronounces that which was unclean is now clean, don't act like that's a common thing. And don't act like it's no big deal. Would you pay attention to what I am doing? And the voice said, rise, kill, and eat. Rise, kill, and eat. Years ago, uh, Meredith and I showed up to this uh, Disciple Now kind of lift tour conference, and I I wasn't the speaker. This was before I was ever really invited to be the speaker. I was just one of the small group leaders. And and so they brought you in, and they give you 15 kids and put you in a home, and you would teach a Bible study to the 15 kids. But but I wasn't on the main stage. I was just on a stage, and Meredith had 15 girls, and and we were in this home, and and, uh, there were hundreds of kids. This was in Arkansas, and they handed out the T-shirts, and the theme of the camp of the of the weekend was something about uh, those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Anyone who calls upon the Lord shall be saved, which is Romans 10, 13, right? And in Romans 10, 13, that's an incredible passage, and that was the theme of the camp. But something got lost in translation between the intern who was in charge of getting the shirts printed and the shirt printer who printed the shirts, and it didn't say Romans 10, 13. It said Acts 10, 13, which is the verse we just read. And so I remember looking it up and going to the youth leader and saying, hey, you know that verse you printed on those hundreds of shirts? It says, rise, kill, and eat. <laughs> he said, what? 
And, and he went and looked, and sure enough, hundreds of shirts are already handed out. And so we came back the next year. He invited me to be the, the speaker the next year. And, and the next year, uh, we just went with it. We just called the theme, the, the theme of the whole weekend, Rise, Kill, and Eat. And that was what was on the shirts, and we went with that whole mistake. And by the way, that little sentence and sermon, rise, kill, and eat, it tells me that vegetarianism is not biblical. <laughs> that you're supposed to eat stuff that you kill. And you don't kill a turnip, right? You, you, you kill something that has blood in it. I, I, I made that joke a few years ago, and on Wednesday or Thursday of that week, I, I found myself at a lunch appointment. Somebody in our church called and said, I, I need to see Pastor Alex. And sure enough, he's a cardiologist. And, and we were in a plant-based restaurant and he ordered for me and everything I ate was made out of plants. And he just wanted to tell me, hey, you can't do that to people. You can't say that from the stage. People are dying and I'm operating on their hearts because they're eating animals. Listen, my great-grandfather ate bacon every day. And he lived to be 99 years old. And, and, and so I, I just want to say to you, it's not the fat that's killing us. It's something else. And, and, uh, but for my cardiologist friends, eat healthy, exercise, do all of that. I don't want to go back to that restaurant. And, and, and so, listen, <laughs> Simon Peter said, no, 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 Lord, I have never eaten anything common. And the voice says, don't call what God has cleansed common. And what God was saying is, hey, I want you to go up the sea to a place called Caesarea by the sea. And there is this Roman centurion who is over, you know, at least 100 families. That's what centurion means. And, and I want you to go to Cornelius' house. And I know he is a G word. I, I, he is a Gentile. And I know Jews don't associate with the Gentiles. But, but I want you to know this, that I, I, you may refer to them as unclean. But from this day forward, from now on, the gospel is going going to be preached to those people. And God, and when you do the miracle of salvation, listen, don't call it something common. When God does the miracle of salvation, what, what he was saying was, hey, this is the plan. It is a plan that's been going for a long, 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 long time. In fact, the plan is at least 4,000 years old that you are watching play out here, Peter. And, and it, the plan was in place when Adam and Eve were disobeying me. And the plan was in place when I took Seth and I substituted him in for Abel. And the plan was in in place when Noah and his family floated out in that ark onto the flood. It was in place when I took a lamb out of the thicket and I substituted him for Isaac. This is something I've been planning. And you're acting like this is something common. And I just think God is saying, listen to me with your eyes. I, I have been waiting for this moment for the gospel to break out and, and move from just Jesus ministering to the, to the Jewish people to this new covenant that I have established. And it is for all men of all races, of all backgrounds. And the gospel is a whosoever will. And I've been planning this. I've been planning it, and I was planning it at the virgin birth, and I was planning it when Jesus showed up with a physical body, and I was planning it when John baptized him, and I was planning it when the devil tempted him, and I was planning it when they beat him beyond recognition. I was planning it when they hung him on a cross, and God says, hey, I was planning it, and it's no longer going to just be God for man, and maybe even God with man, but now it's going to be God in man, and it is the death and the burial and the resurrection of my son Jesus Christ and don't call it common don't call it common 
Don't call the precious blood of Jesus shed on the cross common. It's going to be for the Jews and the Gentiles. It's going to be for everybody. And don't act like this is something common or, or normal or, or, or just whatever kind of a thing that I'm doing. You lose the wonder when you call it common. And God's saying, don't call this common. Don't get over the miracle of salvation. And we need to be reminded, church, listen, as we sit here routinely, hear from some of the greatest speakers every summer. We, we, we need to be reminded as we sit here, sometimes robotically, that there is nothing about this church that is common. This place is a miracle after miracle after miracle. It's miracle power. It's the miracle power of God doing something that is beyond every single one of us. And we should not ever treat the gospel as though it is common. This church is not common. Salvation is not common. The joy and the, and the faith that we feel in life, it's not common. That This life we're living, guys, right now, I'm not talking about in the sweet by and by. I'm talking about right now. I'm not talking about when it's all going to come together perfect. The life we're living right now is not common. And we're living this uncommon and extraordinary life, and we need to quit acting like it's common. And we need to thank God for what he's done in our lives. And, and when he's done something and when he cleanses something, we can't treat it or call it common. We can't. You, you remember the story of Noah and the ark? The miracle of that story is, is not the ark in this big old fat boat. That, that's not the miracle of the story. There are a lot of us who could build a boat. Give it enough time and the right tools, right? Well, not me, but there's some of you could build a boat. That's not the miracle in the story. The, the miracle in the story is not the building of the boat. The miracle in the story is the presence of the passengers. That somewhere out in the deep jungle, two tigers were frolicking around like cats. And, and we don't know why cats got to get on, but they did. And one tiger said to the other tiger, hey, let's go over there. I don't know why, but I'm being drawn over there. Let, let's go get on that boat. And, and he said, follow me. We're supposed to go in that direction. And he didn't know why, but the Holy Spirit was drawing him onto that ark. Can't you just see two monkeys swinging from vine to vine? And, and, and they're speaking to one another. And one of the monkeys in some, some sort of monkey language looks at the other monkey and says, hey, why don't you follow me? I know we've never been to those trees over there, but I'm feeling drawn to go over there. Let's go in that direction, and we're going to go there. And they were being drawn by the Holy Spirit. And one hippo said to another hippo in the middle of their mud bath, hey, let's get out of the water and out of the mud, and, and let's go that direction. And the miracle of the story of the ark is how on earth did all of those passengers get on that boat? And all of those animals, including snakes and spiders, which I wish he'd have shut the door. <laughs> but two of each, one male and one female, and they all got on the boat. And I'm asking you today, church, how did those animals get on that ark? Only one ark, only one way out of the storm. And God led those animals out of their natural habitat into a place where they would be safe and into a place where they could and would be rescued. And the same God that led them led you out. Anybody been saved by the grace of God? 
And he led you out of that bondage and he led you out of that darkness and he led you out of that sin and he led you over and through that past and he brought you to this place. It's a miracle. It's a miracle you have been forgiven. It's a miracle that you've been saved. Don't ever treat it as though it's common. The fact that you're sitting in this church is a big deal. Don't let it become common. In other words, get saved and never get over it. That's the prescription for real joy in your life. Get saved and don't get over it. Touch your neighbor and say, don't get over it. I say it with a little bit of authority and attitude. Say, don't ever get over it. (laughs) You know why that's such a big deal? That a lot of people got over it. You shouldn't be able to sit in these chairs today at any of our campuses and treat the service as if that's just another TC service. My goodness, I never got over the goodness of God and the, and the salvation, the miracle of salvation in my life. Every single time I get up to speak a couple of hundred times a year, whether it's here or somewhere else on the planet, as I'm about to walk up on that stage, I am reminded of that introverted kid who couldn't get a word out edgewise. And it's as if God said, I'm going to do something miraculous with that kid who can't get a word out. And every time I'm reminded and, and just in the presence of God saying, God, I, don't, I cannot even imagine that this is what you chose me to do. The miracle of God's direction, by the way. I didn't choose this place. I didn't want to come pastor this mess. I told God no for six months. They tricked me. Tom Gamble tricked me. On that last Saturday, I thought I was coming here to teach a church how to find a pastor. And God brought me here, and he put me here. And listen, when, when Noah dropped that gangplank down, he didn't say, pick a boat, any boat, any boat will do. There's only one boat. And he said, you want to be saved? Get on this boat. This is it. You don't get on this ark. You're not getting out of this world safely. And I'm telling you, it is a miracle. Because there were a lot of animals still in the jungle that ended up at the bottom of the sea. And here you are in the church and in the body of Christ and saved and on your way to heaven and what God has cleansed, do not call it common. Am I preaching truth today? Can y'all act like it's truth today? And and respond. Let me me just say something to you. Our, Our enthusiasm and our thanksgiving and our appreciation should be uncommon. Don't let the greatness of God and God's greatest blessings in your life become common in your life. It's a miracle that some of you are not dead. It's a miracle that some of us are not dead, right? We used to ride in the back windshield of the car. Not harnessed in with a five-point NASCAR harness. We, we, We were all over the car running around. We stood up on our feet in the cab of the truck. And we drank hose water. It's a miracle we're alive. In fact, this last week at camp, Clint was telling me that this one little girl saw him filling up the water coolers for the rec fields from a hose, and and the little junior high girl, probably from Midtown, said, we've been drinking hose water all week? It's so funny, this little, little urban girl looked at her and said, honey, we'll be fine. It's a miracle, right? It's a miracle that some of us are not dead. It's a miracle that some of you are sober. 
and you got a Bible up under your arm and you know the word of God and he has saved you and he has done something in your life. It's a miracle that some of you are not strung out on drugs today. It's a miracle that some of you are married still after all the enemy has come to do an attack on your marriage. It's a miracle that someone is not in prison and yet they're here in the body of Christ standing up under the gospel today. And don't you ever let anybody tell you that that's just common. It's not common. It's the hand of God. And it's not common when God does something like this. And by the way, if you're living an uncommon life, you got to give some uncommon praise to God and give him the glory. Church, we got to praise him with uncommon praise because he's worthy of that. It's a miracle that you're blessed. And it's a miracle that, that you're healed. And don't lose the wonder of it all. So some of you are sitting here today and you have children or you have a child or children and a doctor told you at one point you weren't going to have any children. And you got children. You got a whole litter of them. And now they're five years old or 10 years old and you forgot. You forgot that God healed you. You forgot that God gave you what you asked for. You forgot that God blessed you and, and he healed you. And if you forget, you, you, you lose the wonder of all. He delivered you. And he brought you out of darkness. And he brought you out of an addiction. He brought you out of some sort of bondage. And, and, and now you just live your sweet little life. And you forget about what he brought you from. This church, I, I, every time we bring staff members up from within, well, I, I want to send them to other churches. I want to say, hey, you need to go visit five churches before you come on staff, because this is the only church you know. This is the only church my children know. My children think at every church people get saved every week. My, people, my children think at every church there are thousands of kids and thousands of teenagers. You know, we just took 2,000 kids to camp this summer. 2,000 kids. That's a mega church. And we're putting them on buses and taking them to kids camp and youth camp. And God saves hundreds of people and lives are changed. You ought to go visit another church or two. Because this is not common what God is doing here. God gave us this building, it's a couple hundred thousand square feet that sits on 30 acres. It was a mall for heaven's sake. We got 40,000 square feet of hallway for you to hang out in. And then he gave us another beautiful building up the road at 41st and Lewis in Midtown. And then he gave us another one at 3rd and Utica that's like 150,000 square feet in, in downtown. He gave us a building in South Tulsa with 19 acres at 91st and Memorial. Then he gave us another building, 50,000 square feet on 86th Street North in Owasso. And then he gave us another 55,000 square feet of seven-year-old building in Jinx, Oklahoma. And then he gave us a campus in Cairo, Egypt. That's not normal. And all of it, by the way, debt free. We don't owe anybody one penny. That's not common. Praise God. Come on, it's not common. And don't call it common. It's crazy. I'm preaching to the whole world on the internet today. That's not normal. And it's not common. Don't let it become common. And don't call it common. And, and, and sometimes, some of y'all, you get up on Sunday morning and with a coffee in your hand, your conversation is, Hey, you think we're going to go today? I don't know. We may just watch it online. Where are we going to go? We're going to go to church. Listen, don't call it common. 
You get to be a part of a move of the Holy Spirit of God. Has God ever answered any prayers for any of you? You, we, we should thank him. Have you forgotten that he's come in and answered you and loved on you and cared for you? Don't call it common. Some of you are in business. You, you own a business. And when God found you, you were broker than the Ten Commandments. And you're leading a business and you don't have anything. And God has blessed you. And now you have people that work for you. And you don't just have people that work for you. You have people that work for you who have people that work for them, who have people that work for them, who have people that work for them. And that should never become common to you. You should never look at your life and see it as a common thing. God has blessed you. And don't you call it common. Look at how God has blessed us. Nothing like watching people, by the way, who just got saved. I can always find them. It doesn't matter where I'm preaching. I don't know any of their faces or any of their names. I can find the people that just got saved. Because they're sitting up in the front of their chair. They got a notepad out, and they are writing it down. And they're smiling and they're nodding and they are shaking their head. And then there's some of you who've been around a while. And it's... <laughs> Bless me if you can, Pastor. <laughs> you got a freaking good preacher. And, and, and we bring people in every single week who, who are some of the greatest communicators in the gospel. People genuinely get saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. Man, they, they're excited. And they're sitting there taking notes. It don't even have to be unique preaching. It doesn't even have to be creative preaching. You just say, man, you're covered in the blood of Jesus. They're like, hallelujah, thank God, pastor. He said, we're covered in the blood. Write that down. <laughs> covered in the blood of Jesus. But, but people just call this common. It's just Sunday morning. Listen, there are people that are sitting in here every week, or four or five people down from you, and they're saying, I don't understand your blasé attitude. I don't understand how you just pop in here and pop out of here. Do you know what he has done for me? You don't understand where I was a year ago. You don't understand what God has set me free. You don't know how messed up I was and how hopeless my life was. Don't tell me to give God common praise. Get saved and never, ever get over it. I, I know what he's done for me, and I know what he has cleansed me from, and I'm not going to call it common. You, you know, his first name is wonderful. That passage we read every Christmas in Isaiah, I think it's chapter 9 and verse 6. Remember, remember he said, he shall, the angel said, he shall be called Wonderful Counselor and Mighty God and Everlasting Father and the Prince of Peace. But, but, Wonder is the first name. Wonderful. And if you lose the wonder, you lose all the other facets and all the other names. Don't forget his first name. And don't lose the wonder. I, I, I love people who, who have just been set on fire for God. And it's so contagious to be around them. I, I could tell you dozens of stories uh, from camp. And, and some of you were around in January. We were, were meeting at 630 in the morning. It's cold outside, the coldest week in the history of Oklahoma. And we were gathering at every campus at 6.30 in the morning, every morning for a whole week, and we were just praying and asking God to fall down and asking God to show us and asking God to speak to us. And, and God gave me two things that I wrote down in my journal, and, and he was really speaking to me through that week. And, and one of them was a very personal thing that he was doing in me, and the other one was a corporate thing, and I shared that corporate thing. 
And I said, you know, I just feel like God wants us to do something for students that's not reserved to the walls of our church, that we would do something student ministry-wide that would be city-wide, and every youth ministry in the city would be invited to it and could be blessed by it, from the north to the south. And God had been speaking to me about that. We've done a few meetings with 40, 50, 60, 75 people, and we've been praying about it. We've been looking at it. There have been people in our church who've come and said, Pastor, if you want to do that, I'm going to give $50,000 to make that happen, or I'm going to give $5,000, or I want to be a part of this, or I got $5 to contribute to that, and it's all I got, but I believe in that vision, and I think that's from God, and I want to be a part of that. And, and for however many months it's been since January, it's a blur. seems like two weeks ago to me. God's been saying, not yet, not yet, it's not time. Just keep praying. And, and all of a sudden, this last couple of weeks, he's been saying, here we go. You finally have a team that can lead it. I've assembled this team. And by the way, I didn't know most of them before they came here. God assembled this team. And we finally have a team that can lead this. And, and so I don't know all of the flesh that's going to go on the skeleton, but what I'm telling you is that I, I think starting this coming Wednesday, all of our campuses are going to come together at the Battle Creek campus, all of our student ministries, and we're going to call it TC Camp Meeting. That's so old, it's cool. <laughs> and the reason we want to call it Camp Meeting is because of what God does at camp that his spirit falls on us. And, and I don't know how often it'll happen, maybe once a month or so, but, but we, we will do this camping where all of the campuses will come together and we will invite youth ministries from all over Tulsa and, and we will watch and see what God will do. And I'm just saying to you, I told the students at camp, listen, bring your parents and bring your siblings and, and bring your neighbors because we're gonna watch God do something and God's gonna save some of your parents and God's gonna save some of your dads and God's gonna save some of your moms and we're gonna watch God do something incredible. And, and so this coming Wednesday night, if you've got an ounce of life left in you, 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 you don't wanna miss something like that. And by the way, if you, if you sat in one of our churches today and these students up at the front bothered you, you, you need to find another church. Because... You're going to hate where we're going if that bothers you. <laughs> God's setting kids free from depression and, and, and from suicide and from all kinds of junk. And, and if we don't watch it, that just becomes common. And I'm just saying to you, church, don't get over it. Romans 6, verse 13, listen to this one. Don't let any part of your body become an instrument to evil to serve sin. No part. Not one part of your body to become a, a, an instrument uh, of evil to serve the God of sin. Instead, give yourself, all of your parts, completely to God. Now, why? Because you were once dead, but now you have new Life And what God is saying to you is, hey, I want you to worship me like I raised you from the dead. Well, what if you fell over dead right now? You make a great illustration. <laughs> you just fell right out of your chair into the aisle, dead. Heart stopped beating, lungs stopped breathing. And a group of people gathered around you and laid hands on you in Jesus' name. And 20 minutes later, you were raised to life. You think you'd get excited about that? We'd all get excited about it, right? You couldn't put enough seats in here next Sunday if that's what happened, if God did that. And what God is saying is, hey, you were dead. 
In fact, what Paul told Timothy is, but she who walks in pleasure is dead while she lives. In other words, you didn't know it, but while you were partying and living like hell, you were a dead man walking. And you were a dead woman walking, talking and partying and shaking it or doing whatever you were doing. You were dead as you could be. And he said, hey, when I saved you, I want you to give all the members of your body to worship me like I raised you from the dead. Don't sit there and act like it's a common thing. I raised you from the dead. You were a dead man and you were a dead woman. And some of you are thinking, Pastor, man, I don't know where you're going and what we're doing and where this is going, but I wish you'd just calm down for a minute. <laughs> nope. We are experiencing a move of the Holy Spirit of God. Some of us have prayed for decades for what we call revival. And God is saying, open your eyes. I'm doing it. I'm doing it in your midst. How do you think you're the, one of the fastest growing churches in the nation every single year? Hundreds of thousands of churches. And you're in the top 100 every year for 15 years. That's a revival. It's the move of God. I'm sitting down in your midst and I'm doing something. And if you would open your eyes up, you would see it. And I think we need to start shouting it from the rooftop. Listen, we don't need a quiet church. We need a church that says, hey, I serve an uncommon God who has blessed me greatly and I will give him an uncommon life and I'm gonna give him uncommon praise. And we're gonna worship him like we've been raised from the dead. Let, let, let me take that illustration one step further. What if one of your children died? And some people laid hands on that kid. And life came back into that child's body. Would you get excited about that? Would you be elevated a little bit about that? Would your voice get up in here? And would it change a few octaves? And would there be tears on your cheeks? God raised you from the dead. Your children are in church loving Jesus. Praise him that he has saved your family and raised them from the dead. Some of you got healed 10 years ago and you got over it. You forgot about it. Some, some of you had heart surgery and you were laying on that table in ICU on that gurney and you didn't know if you were going to make it. Then the doctor didn't know if you were going to make it and you got over it. And now you're calling it something common. Don't give him common praise if he has done something uncommon in your life. You got to swing out of the doldrums that the devil wants you to live in. And part of that is get off social media and quit watching Fox and CNN. And pay attention to what Jesus is doing in your life. Stop coming and having Sunday as usual. It's just another church service. It's a miracle. It's a miracle of God's direction that he has you here. How did you ever get here? It is a miracle. Some of you are business people. And you deal in hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions of dollars. You just make million-dollar decisions all the time. And, and yeah, it's just common. That's not common. And if you don't watch it, you, you will become like the 10 lepers that God healed. And you turn your back on him, and that's just common. That's just, I'm just going to just, you know, that's good. 
But there was one who turned back and went back to Jesus and said, Jesus, this is not common. I was a leper. I was unclean. And you made me clean. And you healed me. And I'm going to thank you for that because that's not common. It's uncommon. And I'm just grateful to have life back. And I'm grateful to have a, a social life back. And I'm grateful to be back with my family. And it's just not common. I'm going to praise you for that. I'm not going to get over this. God has done something, and, and, and I'm preaching today. And there's the question. Anybody get what I'm saying? Do yeah. you, you understand the drift of what I'm trying to communicate today? When I look at my life, listen, this is just stupid. It's uncommon. It's crazy that I get to stand up here on the stage and preach to thousands and thousands of people in Tulsa, Oklahoma, across campuses and in the Middle East and across the whole country and across the whole world on the internet. And your life is just the same as that. Nobody had any hope for you. Nobody, but God did. And God spoke on you. And he said, I'm going to raise him up or I'm going to raise her up and I'm going to give them this and I'm going to bless them with this and I'm going to use them in the kingdom. And by the way, I think the more praise you give him for what he's done in your life, the more he will release an uncommon blessing on your life. Don't, don't go quiet about it. L lift up a shout of praise to, to Jesus. Lord, have mercy. You would worship him like crazy if you knew who I was without Jesus. Week in and week out. You know, just praise the name of Jesus. Listen, I'm not up here messing around. And, and when we come and serve babies and we come and serve preschoolers and elementary and junior high and high school and, and do community groups and put all these facets of this ministry on all, all over the city and all over the country and all over the world, we're not messing around. We are carrying the good news of Jesus Christ and we are carried into the lives of people that he loves. Amen. Somebody's about to get saved. Somebody in our church is about to get saved. I didn't plan on giving an invitation last week, last hour, but I gave an invitation last hour. There's a lady sitting right there on the front seat, been a guest here three times. And her friend's been praying for her and been working on her and been getting her to come. She came the last three Sundays and she gave her life to Jesus. We, we, we watched a young girl who flew here from Florida who, 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 to visit her uncle and aunt and, and she didn't get to go to camp. She was going to come last week to go to camp, but she couldn't come to go to camp. And she came here from Lakeland, Florida to visit her family. And this morning she gave her life to Jesus Christ. And we watched men and women over here come and give their lives to Christ. Listen, somebody's about to get saved. You a dead man walking and you are a dead woman walking, but you about to be called out of the grave and Jesus is going to do life in you and he's going to bring life to you today. Let, let's pray together all across all of our campuses. I might ask the musicians to come and play and every head bowed and every eye closed and every heart open. Hearts open to what the spirit of God wants to do in, in our midst today. And at every campus, I'm going to ask the campus pastors just come and stand on the stage and, and the worship pastors come and, and, and be ready to go on every stage. And I just want to ask at every campus today, if you're here today and you say, Pastor, when you talk about a living, breathing relationship with a living, breathing God, I got that settled. He walks with me. He talks with me. He's the Lord of my life. He is present in my life. And I know him and he knows me. And he is a part of my everyday life. I got salvation settled. Would you just slip your hand up at every campus and say, that's me, pastor. I got it. I've shared with you many times before that every time I ask that question, 
And I see that many hands, thousand hands go up in one campus. Something in my heart just leaps. Because that means a man who died 2,000 years ago is still changing lives in 2018. He's still alive and well. He's still working miracles today. Some of you didn't raise your hand and, and, and you couldn't raise your hand. And I just want to pray for you. You say, Pastor, I don't know that Jesus is alive. I don't know that he's living in me. He doesn't walk with me and he doesn't talk with me. I don't know that he's present, but I sure would love to know. I, I don't know for sure I'm going to heaven when I die, but I sure would like to know that. If Jesus is coming back, I sure would like to have assurance that he's coming for me. Would you pray for me, Pastor, at every campus, if that's you? Would you just slip your hand up? Nobody looking except for the campus, Pastor. Just say, that's me. Just slip it up high and say, that's me. Hands popping up here. Hands popping up. Battle Creek. I, I, I bet they are at Midtown. And downtown. And South Tulsa. And Owasso. Jinx. Maybe in Chicago. In the Middle East today. Anybody else here at Battle Creek in the chapel or in, in the worship center here? You say, Pastor, that's me. I, I, I Pray for me. I don't know. I'd like to know. Just put your hand up high so that I can see you. Anybody else? Okay. Anybody else? Okay. Anybody else? Those of you who already know the Lord and hadn't gotten over it, you're praying. This is not a sleepy, apathetic exercise for you. You're praying and you're thanking God. You're about to witness the salvation of men and women and boys and girls. And you're as much a part of this equation as the preacher standing on the stage with the microphone because you're going to the heavenlies and you're praying right now. And Father, I pray in this place across all of our campuses and everyone under the sound of my voice today, you'd win the victory in every heart and every life. That you would change lives. You would help them enter from, from one kingdom to another kingdom, from death to life. That today would be the day of salvation and that salvation would spring up out of this concrete ground today. And the lives of people you love and you died for and you care about. And so right where you're seated, I, I want to lead you in a prayer helping you come to know Jesus. You say, I don't even know how to pray. I, I'll pray it one phrase at a time so that you can repeat it after me. And everyone who's already done this all around you is going to support you every word along the prayer because they're going to pray it out loud with you as an encouragement to you. You want to trust Christ right where you're seated at every campus. Why don't you just say, dear God, I know I'm a sinner, but today I ask you to forgive me for all my sin. Jesus, come into my life to be my Lord, my Savior, my forgiver. In the best way that I know how, I trust you alone, Jesus, to save me, set me free and bring me back to life. There's nothing common about you. Now, before I say amen and before anyone else looks up, you just prayed that prayer and you just trusted Christ. You just gave your life to Jesus. You're not ashamed of him, but you meant it with all of your heart. W would you just slip your hand up at every campus? Just slip it up and let me see it. Just say, hey, I just prayed that prayer and I meant it with all of my heart. Just, just slip it up high. I just trusted Christ as my Lord and Savior. Just slip it up high so that I could see it. There are hands popping up all over Battle Creek. At downtown, would you just slip your hand up? At Midtown, would you just slip your hand up? At Jinx, at, at, at Owasso, and, and, and Chicago? 
Chicago, in the Middle East, at, at all of our campuses. Just slip your hand up so the campus pastor can see it. I just trusted Christ to be my Lord and my Savior. Just slip it up high. In fact, here's what I want you to do at every campus, if you would. If your hand just went up, would you just stand to your feet? The rest of you keep your head bowed and eyes closed. You just prayed that. I just want to pray over just you who just prayed it. Just stand to your feet. Just stand to your feet. That's right. Wherever you are, the back, the middle, the front, just stand to your feet. I, I see a whole family over here. There's one situation where I see a boy and four seats down. I think I see a relative. And, and just, just stand up. Just stand up. Just stand up. I just prayed that prayer. And let me just say to you, congratulations. Don't sit down. Don't sit down yet. Don't sit down. Don't sit down. Don't sit down. Stay standing. Stay standing. Stay standing. Stay standing. Stay standing. Stay standing. In fact, here's what I want you to do. If you're standing, I want you just to grab your Bible, your pen, your friend, your family, whoever came with you. If you want somebody to just to go with you, just grab their hand and say, would you just go with me? I want somebody to pray with you for just two minutes before you leave. I want somebody here to know your name. It is not an option for you to remain anonymous here. Listen, we want somebody to know your name because we love you and we care for you and Jesus knows you and wants to be known by you. And so if you're standing, just grab your stuff and just come stand right here for just a second. I want to get somebody just to pray with you for a minute. Just grab your Bible, your pen, everything you brought with you, your family, your whoever brought you, just say, just excuse me and just come stand right here. We're going to celebrate with the angels in heaven right now as you make your way this direction. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on in. Some of these stories I know and been praying about for a long time, and some of you I never met before, but we're going to give God glory. Come on. They're still coming. They're still coming. Let's give God glory. Anybody else who needs to come, just stand and come. At every campus, just stand and come with them. Now, here's what I want. We got some pastors right here. If you'll just make your way right out there, somebody's going to pray with you for just a couple of minutes. Right outside that door, there's a room, and they're going to give you a Bible, and they're going to give you some tools, but they want to know your name, and we want to celebrate with the angels in heaven right now for you, okay? Let's celebrate again and give God glory. Just, just follow if you would right after here. I told the students one night at youth camp, his hands were going up and, and just this Holy Spirit thing just sat down on me and I just said, God, thank you. Because I saw some little bitty 12-year-old junior high hands going up and I saw some big old fat division one football player hands going up, you know, and I, I, I saw some black hands going up and I saw some white hands going up and I saw some golden honey hands like mine going up and, and, and I just saw, and it just looked like the body of Christ, right? And these hands were going up saying, hey, and here's the beautiful thing. We all come to the foot of the cross the same. It's flat and it's even and, and Jesus died for all of us we can't get over it. Church, listen, I, I, I think the greatest sin in a church that's been blessed by this one would be for the enemy to lull us to sleep in the doldrums. When we could participate with what he's doing day in and day out, we could shout it from the rooftops. We could be announcing it in our businesses. Hey, come and go with me to church. We could be saying it in our classrooms. Hey, come and go with me to church. We, we could be talking about Jesus set down on this church in such a way. It's bringing revival. And I want to be a part of it. Let's stand to our feet and let's celebrate the presence of God one more time in this place together.